tackles. He's at the 20, the 15, the 10. He's got speed. He's going to the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. Dawson out to Harris for a three ball. He got it. Kennedy looking center shot. The Spartans are on their way to a win in the Rose Bowl. Completion. Live from Impact Studios, the only sports show from MSU campus. This is The Pack. And your host, Fino. That is right, your host Fino alongside Woo Ho. Welcome to The Pack on Monday nights here on WDBM East Lansing Impact Radio. A big show planned today in the sunny, it is sunny, sunny summer day here. July 7th, 2014. Thanks for spending your Monday evenings with us, and we're glad to have you alongside. 7.01 Eastern Time, Fino alongside two great panelists, and we're good to have one of our other panelists back with us. Finally, hey, hey, what do you say we got Austin back. Austin, what's going on, Chief? Not too much. Taking some more classes, working some more, you know, getting all that good stuff done. How about you, Fina? Not bad. Um, I wish I was doing a little better, mm-hmm. but I'm not. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. There's a couple things. I so just that gotta... basically, that just means that you're going to get a little fiery tonight. Oh, is yeah. That, is that what Which it is? is? Good. Yeah. And that brings in our second <laughs> panelist, of course, Faith Krogalecki. Faith, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? Uh, like I said, Austin, I wish I was doing a little bit better. Hey, but you're going to Hawaii this week. That's right. I am going to Hawaii. I'm leaving tomorrow. So that's right. Team Fino does other things, and he's leaving. So I'm glad to spend some good time with one of my best friends from back home. So that's very good to spend time. And of course, we have John Yales, our producer, our man behind the glass, handling all the technical and audio stuff. So Special thanks to John Yales and our man, he is back again. Our social media guru, he is handling at MSU Impact Sports account. He live tweets the pack every Mondays, and we have Tyler back. And if he had a mic, I'd tell him to say hello, but he does not. So good to have Tyler with us, of course. What are we talking about today, folks? A lot. World Cup talk, United States gets eliminated by Belgium. 2-1 extra time. Julian Green scores a goal. Wow, impressive, but still a little too late for the United States. Tigers, all-star game talk. Ooh, a couple snubs there that we're going to get into a bit, a little bit. Did you or dis- did you agree or disagree with these talks of the all-star game? Who made it? Who didn't make it? Whether the Tigers are doing, we'll talk, we'll debate. And our last topic, of course, NHL free agency, and more importantly, the Detroit Dead Wings. They have done absolutely nothing. So we'll talk about what Detroit has done. No, it's not the 80s. We promise you they've made 22 straight playoff appearances. But they don't 23. have 23, but they don't have a lot to show for it recently. So that's really what it comes. Thanks, Goodman, for the correction. But the number is always to call in. 517-432-3893 is our number. So feel free to call in and embrace the Spartan debate here on WDBM East Lansing. We'll grab to take your call. John Yales is screening our calls. And yeah, John, so good to have you. I know you were doing us up back there. I just wanted you to say hello to the listeners and to prove to Jack Ebling over at WVFN that you do indeed have a mic and you do talk on this show. I am here. I'm alive. and I'm ready for the show. Great. Great. Good to have you. So as John Yales does all his technical work, I guys, whew, like I said, I wish I was doing a lot better, but I'm not. Tell us. But I'm not because you look at the all-star game selections, and I'm so ticked off. I just can't stop looking at it. And I'm so surprised because you think you would look at it and say, oh, ESPN's going to milk another piece of programming out that's just going to look a load of crap, but it's not. 
they actually whip out the MLB All-Star selections in rather quick time. I was so shocked to have that done in quick time. But that's not even what I'm pissed about. What's really upset about is Derek Jeter. Why is Derek Jeter in this All-Star game starting for the New York Yankees and the National League? Why? Derek Jeter is 40 years old. He's having a very unproductive year, in my opinion. Sorry. I think Derek Jeter should not be starting. He should not at all be starting. It should be an Eric Ibar, Alexi Ramirez, who Ibar, <clears throat> excuse me, did not even make the All-Star team. He didn't even make the roster. Fine. I'm not, I don't even care about that. But Alexi Ramirez does, and he just starts as a reserve. It, it doesn't even make sense. If we're looking at average, Derek Jeter is in the top five in average in the, in the American League. But what does that even matter? What does that even matter? Because he's batting 273. The automatic double play. And it, for all the war, of all the war clans and ew, Fino, the sabermetrics, you look at war, 0.6 war. You look at Alexi Ramirez's war is 2.3. That's decent war. Start from there. Eric Ibar, 2.8. That's decent war. Derek Jeter, 0.6. Give me a break. On base percentage. Oh, Derek, the man, 3.23. Decent. Fine. How many RBIs do you have? 23, two home runs. You can't even get more than five home runs in the bandbox you play in Yankee standing. Give me a break. Give me an absolute break. He's just an utter joke. The whole voting process does not even make sense. It doesn't make sense. You get the fans that vote, and the fans are delusional. The fans don't care. The fans just want to see their stars. They want to see their guys. But you know what? They don't care about winning. Because they don't. Because the sad thing is, the Major League All-Star game is the best All-Star game we have going. But we're still going to try any way possible to screw it the F up. And we're doing anything possible to do that. And they're screwing it up. They're doing a terrible job. It's sickening. I'm sick to my stomach. I'm sick and tired of trying to explain myself. I'm sick that I'm talking about this. I'm wasting three, four minutes on the pact. I'm sick of it. I don't even know why I'm doing it. But I'm doing it because I'm just so angry. Jeter has nine doubles. Nine. He has nine doubles. Nine. Just sit on that for a second. He has nine doubles. The guy doesn't even have ten doubles. We're almost halfway through the season. Give me a break. The team gets everything wrong. They get everything wrong. National League, same crap we deal with. Daniel Murphy, Mets second baseman, makes it by default because every team needs to have a representative. And the Mets are so bad, they're begging people. Mr. Met couldn't even represent the Mets. What a joke that is. So I'm looking at the MLB All-Star, and I think it's a terrible roster, and it's going to be another terrible game. I wish the World Cup would extend for another summer, or another weeks, or weeks and weeks after, because we have to sit here and watch the All-Star game. I'm not even watching it. I'd be lying to you. If I told you I was more excited for the MLB All-Star game than the celebrity Taco Bell celebrity softball game, whatever they do, watching Mike Piazza ground out the first base, whatever the crap they do. Sick and tired of this. NHL, better All-Star game. No one even watches it. Better All-Star game. Pro Bowl, don't even get me started. The MLB All-Star game was the only good thing going for everything. And it's sick and I'm sick to my stomach that we're talking about this. I'm sick and trying to talk about this. I'm just sick of it. I'm, can you believe this? This is what we're talking about, Goodman. We're talking about this. It's disappointing. I mean, you want to look at, you know, abilities and, you know, the entire team and 
different players that have different, you know, aspects of their game that just are brightened up by the All-Star game. For example, J.D. Martinez of the Tigers. I mean, the guy has a three twenty three batting average. He has 53 just, hits, 12 just, home just, runs, just 38 just RBIs. Stop. Just stop. Just when it makes logical decision, J.D. Martinez shouldn't make it, he's not. Because the whole All-Star game is messed up. You understand that? Yeah. It's messed up. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you 100% right there. It's totally, it is messed up. It's totally messed up. And V-Mart having a great year. Is he not? Absolutely. 21 Ex- home runs. Excellent year for uh, Victor Martinez. 21 home runs. What a resurgency he's been. He's a reserve. Nah, he's a reserve. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. I agree. Right there, I agree with you 100%. We're sitting here Victor talk- Martinez is a player that deserves to start no matter what. And he's not. He's one of the best hitters in baseball right now. He's a DH. He can do so much. He's fourth in the, in the American League in home runs. Eduardo Encarnacion is not even the starting first baseman. Now, hold on there. He's injured, so someone replaced him today. Fine. That's a good omen because the fact that he has 26 home runs, he has 70 RBIs, and he's not the starting first baseman. As much as great Miguel Cabrera is playing, Miguel Cabrera should not have been starting first base. That's wrong. Edwin Encarnacion is having a way better season, and any Tiger fan wouldn't even object that. They wouldn't object it. Is Miguel Cabrera a better hitter overall? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Edwin Encarnacion is not starting is a joke. This is sick that we're even discussing this. Do you understand? That just doesn't make any sense. Just when it makes any sense, Austin Goodman, it doesn't. But I'll say this. They're getting one thing right. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, 100%, is starting as he should. Leading the American League in home runs, Faith. He's up there in RBIs. I think he's leading in RBIs. 71 RBIs? Yeah, he is. One behind Encore Encarnacion. Or one ahead, rather. So bringing it back to Tigers, though. Scherzer, what's your opinion on Scherzer? I don't want to bring anything back right now. I'm just so upset that we're at the... Oh, Scherzer? I'll tell you what my opinion on Scherzer is, Faith. He's okay. the best pitcher on the Tigers. And he rightfully should have made it. We're... Fino's kind of taken back on this, guys. My biggest thing right here is the fact that there are so many players on so many different teams that could have deserved this over a player like Derek Jeter. And, yes, you know, Fino's been blabbing about the fact that Derek Jeter has made the All-Star game. He sucks. Just because it's the last one. It's the last time that he's going to be able to be there. Is that? And personally, I I don't agree with that. Let's debate this right now. Do you agree with Derek Jeter starting? No. Or why he's there? No. So you don't like the fact that he's there? No. You know what? I like the fact that he's there, but I don't like the fact that he's starting. He should be on that roster yeah, because okay, he served fine. baseball. Let's throw him a bone. Exactly. Exactly. He's one of the best players that baseball has seen. You know, top 100 of all time. Derek Jeter is an incredible player. This season, he should not be starting in the All-Star game. Faith? It's disgusting, actually, to me to see his name on that yeah, roster. 100%. I don't even want to talk about him. I don't want to waste any more airtime on that piece of trash. Now, um, my thing is, Faith brought up a great point about Max Scherzer. I'm just curious to know what you guys think about Max. Should he not be the only lone Tigers representative? Well, I mean, I know everybody's talking about Porcello Base, might be I'm, up there as well. I'm talking lone Tigers representative as in pitching. Okay. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, Scherzer right now, he has a 10-3 and record, 3.47 ERA, yeah. struck out 139 batters. Yeah. I, I think he does, does deserve to be up there. 100% And compared to Por- Porcello, who is in the running for that last spot, I think definitely Scherzer is ahead of him. 
Look, the thing about Max Scherzer is he's so impressive because I like Max Scherzer a lot. He's mm-hmm. third in the American League in strikeouts. So Max Scherzer, all your Max Scherzer haters, guess what? He doesn't care. He's 10-3 and three, as Faith mentioned. He's consistent. He's, he's the great. only consistent pitcher See, I for saw, the I Tigers. I thought Sanchez, Sanchez, Sanchez Yes. Uh, you know what? I'm happy that you bring that up because Annabelle Sanchez is, you know, I, I would call him number two on the Tigers roster. He's got a 3-1-8 ERA. He's 5-3, and three, but he was, you know, injured oh, at the beginning of the season, 15-day DL. I mean, the guy is playing incredible baseball, 67 strikeouts only, but, you know, he brings his good stuff at the end of the year. He's been consistent ever since coming back off that injury, and the only reason why, you know, a player like him doesn't make the team is because of that injury. But I would definitely say that, you know, he's a better pitcher than, you know, maybe half the guys on the roster. I think Sanchez is just okay. Well, see, he was the one who was consistent when the Tigers were down. Yeah. See, I've been pitching anyway, for him the whole time. You just- have been. I, I, I will say this, Faith. You are the world's biggest advocate for any about Sanchez. <laughs> and you know what? Rightfully so, because he is a good pitcher. I just don't think he's the best. Well, I mean, compared to other pitchers on the team, other pitchers do have better records than him, unfortunately. But I think he's performed when the m- most of the – the rest of the pitchers were down. Yeah, I think when they needed someone to rely on, because Justin Verlander is doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When they fair. needed someone to rely on, Anibal Sanchez has been their guy, Faith. And he's been their guy, and he's been kind of their saving grace. But I still don't think he's the best Tiger pitcher. I think it's Max Scherzer. Because mm-hmm. I think Max gives you the most power dynamic pitching. 10-3, and three, the ERA is okay. It's three. It's like .3 points higher. But mm-hmm. you know what? I'll take .3 points higher, and he strikes out. Double the batters. I'll take the point three points higher and take the ten and three record. I'll take that. I'll take that, and I'll take the fact that he's not a band aid. But let's also keep in mind that the the Tigers batters. It seems as though they play better when they're playing for Max Scherzer. They put up more points. They're you know leading off the game with you know seven runs in the second, and Scherzer has so much to work off of, but. It's been an issue with the Tigers all season, in my opinion, and I'm sure you guys agree on this, is the fact that, you know, when the Tigers are up 7-2 to two or, you know, 7-3, to three, they get back at the end of it all, you know, and their bullpen is what is, you know, falling apart okay. for them. Okay, Faith, but fine. Fine. You can say what you want to say about the Tigers. I need about Sanchez. He was hurt. That's probably why they didn't give it to him. That's probably why they didn't give it to him. But the fact is— Performance-wise, he should be there. Okay, I could debate that. He performance wise, yes, but you got to stay healthy. But apparently, you don't have to be good to make the All Star game. Derek Jeter's a perfect example. I mean, here, here's the thing, though. A lot of this is based on fans. So if fans don't know a name. I mean, everybody's going to know Scherzer. So a lot of fans are just going to vote for him. So people might not know Sanchez. But no, you can't. No, no, the fans don't vote for the pitchers. The fans don't vote at all mm-hmm. on the pitchers. It's the managers select the pitchers. Yeah, the fans only vote the starters. And the final vote. Well, he's in the final. But, oh, I'm saying yeah, Porcello. No, no, no. You stand right. It's fine. But I'm just saying that's why all the logical decisions, Faith, are all the manager's picks. That's it. Anything that's done that the fans do, they the fans screw everything up. That's what the fans are good at doing. It's like the drunk fans in the ballpark. They're just trying to vote. It's like, you go to a Mets game. You see, any ballpark doesn't do this because the Mets are pathetic. The Mets are like vote, 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 vote. Like it's like a presidential campaign. The Tigers are like vote. We're just good. We do our thing. We're the Detroit Tigers. We're one of the best teams in the American League, and that's what matters. So with that, I have a question for you. Would you say that the Tigers deserve more players to be at this All-Star game? No, I think the Tigers accurately have everyone represented. Yes. I think that, no, I don't think the Tigers deserve anything more. I've been the only one saying that, and no one is saying this. Miguel Cabrera should not be starting 
It should be Edwin Carnacion. Now, it is a moot point, as I say to our listeners, because Edwin Carnacion is on the is on the DL, and he's ineligible to be on the All-Star Game roster, even though he'll get noted as being an All-Star. He can't be in the All-Star Game if you're on the DL. So they put a replacement in for him, fine. But I think this was said on Press Pass last night at Jack Ebling's show, mm-hmm. that, and I think Rico Beard said this, that... 100%, you are voted in for what you did in the past. Right. What you've done in the past, which is wrong. It's to be all performance-based this year. I and I agree what with you're that. doing in the past. If we're talking about the past, let's vote in Mark McGuire while we're at it. Mark McGuire, man. You see what I'm saying? That's the fundamentals of baseball that's wrong, is that fans vote. Fans do not deserve to vote because fans are ludic- make ludicrous decisions when voting. And it's just they're not done properly. And they're not even intellectual. It's a waste of our time. I've been arguing that since, like, the beginning about this whole this whole situation because a lot of people are just voting for a name if they just, like, hear them around, even if they don't follow baseball as much. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. But fans just vote for names and icons. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were 25 new first-timers on this all-star ballot. 25? Yeah, first-time guys to go out there. So then that's what the haters, John, will come back and say, you know what, Fino, you're wrong because we are listening as the fans. I say we as fans. We are listening because, look, Donaldson made the All-Star game. Nelson Cruz made the All-Star game. And Nelson Cruz, to me, is having an MVP season in Baltimore. So they're doing certain things right, but they're still doing a lot of crap wrong. And until they fix that, John, it's still going to be the same crap that's worth the World Series home advantage this is what we get paid. This is what fans do. They decide the game that really, you know, that home field advantage in the World Series, guys, matters. I don't care what anyone says, mm-hmm. it matters. And if anyone says it doesn't matter, guess what? You're not a baseball fan. You're just not. I, I agree with you right there. So the it's, fa- it, they're different ranges. It has to matter, and you can't leave it up to an all star game. Yeah, that's fine. John, didn't you say that it should be USA versus the world? No, I was just proposing that, that maybe you could start playing around with the All-Star game. It's a debate every time this year, every time of the year. But, yeah, you could do a U.S. versus world like they do um, in the up-and-coming guys uh, with AAA and all those leagues. But uh, I, I don't know what the perfect fix is. But I, I think voting-wise, with just I think it's human nature to pick sometimes just people who you know or people you like. It happens yeah. in politics. Not always the best people win. And then not everyone makes yeah. an educated vote. That happens all over the world. It, I mean, that, 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 that is a good point. That is a good point. Coming down to that last slot, though, do we even think Porcello could take that last slot? Faith, honestly, I really hope he does. Because if you really look at it, look at Chris Sale's stats, look at Rick Porcello's stats. I'm pretty sure no, he is tied really up there, I want to say. I want to say he's tied up. With no, he leads. Yeah, he's tied up with Burley. No, he's one down Burley. Okay, so I stand corrected. Oh no, Tanaka. See, I, I hate Tanaka. I don't give him any credit. Oh, these Yankees are so. See, I think Chris Sale is going to take it over Purcell. Oh, I hundred percent agree with you on that. I I one hundred I one hundred percent agree with you that to, that Chris Sale. I'm thinking Tanaka. Screw him. Uh, Chris Sale will get that final spot because when you look at it, Chris Sale. And even though Chris Sale has been injured. He's been back. He's been forth. I think Chris Sale ultimately will get that final spot because it's a name. And of course. And it's it's where it all comes down to. It comes down to the name. And if you look at Chris Sale, you look at Chris Sale and what he has done versus Rick Porcello. Rick Porcello arguably is having a career year. Chris Sale's 25 years old. He's the young guy. And that's really what it comes down to it. You know, and Chris Sale has a 2.16 ERA compared to Porcello, who has a 3.53. And yeah, Porcello has a 25 and one third inning. He's had a scoreless streak up until um, it was what, Sunday. Yeah, 
Yeah, Chris Sale is electric. But when Chris Sale is healthy, that's been it. He's 6'6", power pitcher. He's got great stuff. I mean, two years ago, Chris Sale was unreal. Last year, he was 14, uh, 11 and 14 because the White Sox was just terrible. But the guy struck out 226 batters. Chris Sale? Chris Sale has only started 13 games. Rick Port, okay, Anibal Sanchez, just so you put it in perspective, Anibal Sanchez has started 15 games. They've both been injured. Chris Sale's already got 96 strikeouts. The guy is electric. He's serious. So, no, Faith, to answer your question, I don't think Chris Sale will lose that final vote. I think he wins it, and it's sad. There's a reason why Detroit is teaming up with the Cubs, the Chicago Cubs. Hey, hey. National League fans, you vote for Rick Porcello. American League fans, you vote for Anthony Rizzo. And I know we keep bringing up Tigers and stuff, and I know Kinsler's not even in it. But I know um, Osmus was saying, you know, I wish Kinsler was because he deserves a spot on there. But what about him? Do you think he deserves to be on that roster? I do. Yeah, I do. I really do. Yeah, I do. 100%. He's third in the uh, AL in war. I mean, he's got— For you sabermetric people, Faith, you are preaching the choir. War is 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 is— an up-and-coming revolutionary stat that ESPN is throwing down our throats now. If ESPN's doing it, ooh, we have to listen. Ooh, yes. Honestly, to answer that question, I do think that Ian Kinsler should be in this All-Star game. He has 11 home runs, 45 RBIs. He's hitting 302. I mean, guys, he's a great player. And that was the best trade that the Tigers could have made. And I know we debated that a long time ago. It was a great trade. And he's been playing incredible. He's been getting, you know, great amount of productivity for the Tigers. And he does deserve to be there, especially over a person like Derek Jeter. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And look, we can rant on and on all about this. But when it comes down to it, guys, I think Ian Kinsler should have made it. Yes. But can you argue Jose Altuve? You can't. And that's the that's the one thing where I, I, I didn't even mention it because I advocate for Ian Kinsler. And I think he should have made it as a reserve. But over Jose Altuve... I don't think so. And Jose Altuve is playing for the Astros. The Astros are terrible, and what he's doing for the Strohs is pretty It's pretty phenomenal. It's just nice to have three guys from Detroit you know, represent. It's not a norm to have three guys. We'll take a quick break here on the pack. I promise you I'll take a breather and a cup of water. But when we come back, we're debating a lot of stuff. We're talking about the World Cup discussion. I promise, Rico Beard, stay with us. It's going to be a good soccer debate here on the pack. WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights at 10 p.m., get ready for The Mechanical Pulse, where we're spinning all the house, trance, drum and bass, electro, ambient, and remixed music you need to get the weekend started. You'll hear live interviews and DJs spinning straight from the Impact Studios and the best new music on the scene. So tune in every Friday night at 10 p.m. for Mechanical Pulse. Only on 88.9 The Impact. Have you ever considered donating your blood? If not, perhaps you might reconsider. By the time this announcement is through, 15 new people will need blood. In fact, blood is needed by one in every 10 hospital patients, and there is almost always a shortage. There is no substitute for human blood. It cannot be manufactured. It can only come from those willing to donate. To learn more or make an appointment, visit redcrossblood.org. Reconsider blood donation. It's about life. Now back to Impact Exposure. 
That is right. Your host, Fino, back on Exposure, but it's the pack. WDBM Mondays from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. here on 88.9 FM. Number to call in, as always, 517-432-3893. 517-432-3893 is our number. So if you want to embrace the Spartan debate with us, feel free to feel free to call in. But, guys, pretty eventful discussion about the MLB All-Star game. It was heat. Fino's kitchen. I swear someone will get burnt, but... Hey, we're okay. We got a lot of cold water. I took a bathroom break. I'm okay. I took a breath. So whew, that was big, awesome. We all needed it. Yeah, we, yeah. everyone needed it. But we roll on into our second discussion here on the pack. Tana, segment two, as we like to call it, the World Cup discussion. Unfortunately for the United States, their road ended in Brazil with the 2-1 extra time loss to Belgium. Tim Howard with an incredible 16 saves, World Cup record shattered. And look, there's a lot to just to talk about it with United States soccer and what it means to this country, what the game means, what the overall performance meant, the results. I know Graham Couch said it was the best performance in a World Cup he's ever seen out of the United States. Hard to argue that performance. And realistically, I'll get John Yale's in on this first. Do you agree with Graham Couch's assessment that this is the greatest performance we've seen out of a United States team in a World Cup? Yeah, I think it was the first time... Um, like people said, that people cared about the roster. I think this was the most dedicated the fans have ever been, and I think the guys, they're not at the talent level to beat um, top teams in the world yet, but they're getting closer, and they've been improving each year. So I think, yeah, it's the best so far. Yeah, the, okay, the, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, you can't argue that, but what does it mean going forward for the United States, Austin? You know, I think it means <laughs> – a couple of different things. First of all, it means that Tim Howard is one of the best goaltenders in the world, hands down. And I just want to put this out there. I don't agree that this was the United States' best performance so what ever. Was? What was? I, I want to evaluate. Let me evaluate okay, now fair, really quickly. Fair. All right? Let's, let's look at this. Belgium had 39 shots. The USA had 17. There were shots on target. Belgium had 17. The United States had five shots off target. 13 for Belgium. Eight for the United States. I guess that is a winning statistic right there. But what I'm trying to get down to is that the only thing in favor of the United States that truly mattered was a 54.1% possession rate. Yeah, and that's it. And, and they did not get the ball into the proper person's hands. But, I thought that Bradley played unfortunately terrible. And I thought— Unfortunately? It was, it was unfortunate. It was unfortunate to watch because there were a lot of good balls that were sent up his way that he could not capitalize on. I don't think that this was the best Look, fine. You want to talk about that Michael Bradley had a crappy World Cup. No one's going to argue that. He had a terrible World Cup. My big thing, though, is— you mentioned the possession. You said that's the only thing the United States had going United States' way. Mm-hmm. And I would disagree with that. I would say no way because that stat is misconstrued because the United States was the only one touching the ball in extra time. Belgium was in a shell. They were in a turtle. If you really looked at the pace of the game, Goodman, United States was on their back ends the whole entire game. I think Belgium dominated that game. They, they did. Held, they held most possession. That's what I'm saying here. That's what I'm saying. I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying that the United States did not have their best performance. Yes, United States fans took away the most from this World Cup that they ever have and probably ever will. It was it was within their region, within a time that they could watch the game for fans. Look, fine, but you know what? A lot of people are saying that, you know what, they're so down on the United States performance, 
and they're saying, you know what, fine, we played bad, but you know what, soccer's still great. And, you know, all I have to say is to all those soccer fans that think United States performance was, oh, you know what, they didn't play that well. Yeah, they played great, but it is a step-by-step process. The United States did get somewhere. No one expected them to get out of their group. They did. They did get out of their group, and no one expected it. A lot of people here in this show said the United States would not get out of their group. I, I agree. I can attest to that. Yeah. And I was the one person who said they're getting out. And they got out of their group. And they got out of the group, and they played exceptionally well against a Belgian team that's a very good team. Everyone said it was a dark horse. Brooks Lambeer over there said it was a dark horse team. And you know what? He is kind of right. The team made it to the quarterfinals and obviously didn't look too good because, look, they weren't going to beat that, team, that Argentinian team anyway. Neither but, were the United States. No, but all I'm saying is the United States made great progress in this World Cup. What does it mean? That's for you to decide. But all the people that are trying to change the dynamic of what this means for U.S. soccer, don't change anything. United States is growing. It's except it's hockey stick growth, exponential growth. The game is growing. Okay, maybe not in the state of Michigan. Some people care. The people are apathetic. Fine, but looking at this result, yes, they lost. But the real thing is, are you staying and are you tuning in, Austin, for these fi- semifinal games? Yeah, absolutely. I was enjoying the World Cup besides the United States. I understand they only played in four games. And, you know, there are two full weeks of World Cup soccer. Yes, I'm going to stay tuned. And I think that Argentina might pull it off this year, guys. Look, maybe. Maybe I, just I want like to throw Argentina. That, I just want to throw that prediction on the table. A lot of That's people, what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, fine. A lot of people like Germany. A lot of people like Netherlands. I don't. I, I still I go by what I go by all the soccer, yes, the purist, the naturalist to the game. Look, I go by all those little relics of what people are talking about because no European team has ever got to South America to win a World Cup. I've said that on the show before. I'll say it again. And look, no team that has won the Confederation Cup, which is the tournament of champions in the World Cup country the year before has never won a World Cup and Confederation Cup during the same World Cup period. So to answer the so what does that eliminate? That eliminates every team except Argentina. Oh see I have uh I personally have Germany going out the whole way. So you like Germany winning. Yeah I do. Because I if think Poland was in you'd love Poland. <laughs> oh of course. <laughs> no but um no if US was in I would be extremely happy. But I think Brazil is definitely going to suffer without Neymar. Absolutely. So I think that Germany's gonna pull out that game. I think uh Argentina with Messi is going to overtake Netherlands, but I think it's going to come down. Germany is just an incredible team. They're an incredible team, but look at the facts, and that's what I have to say to the people that are loving the European teams. And if Germany or the Netherlands wins, I will be the first. You know what? If Faith, I'll make you a bet right now. Okay, okay? let's go. A, oh, I haven't had a bet yet. Oh, yeah, I'll make you a bet right now. If Germany, I'm still waiting on my dinner, so I think we need to uh, <laughs> oh, well, just make sure that he well, comes up with his end of the I'm deal. I'm glad you're actually oh, in man. studio so I could offer that. Okay. So you got to make your way up here to yeah. get that dinner. When you get back from Hawaii, we'll, okay. we'll be in cahoots. Okay. We'll go to the Benihana. All right, you let's know, fight. We'll Come on, let's fine, go. Fine. What I'm saying, here's my bet with you. If Okay, so I'll give you Netherlands, too. You get Netherlands and Germany. I'll take Brazil and Argentina. You take Team Europe. I'll take Team South America. If a European team wins the World Cup, Again, I'll buy you dinner in this area. So you don't pick like China. <laughs> in this area, I will buy you a dinner. Black Cat Bistro. Great, All right. Great place. And we'll go there. And if they lose, nothing. That's how confident I am. That's how so I won't even have to buy you dinner? Nothing. All right. You just have to live with the fact that I'm right. Oh, crap. I don't know if I can do that. And that's big. John, so <laughs> you, 
Who do you like to win this thing? I'd take the European teams. You're sick. Because of Germany. That <laughs> you're talking. You're, you're, you're talking John. about facts, and I think Germany is one of the best looking teams out there. Brazil snuck Germany by looked, in two three games. Germany looked terrible. Listen, they Fino, looked terrible in their uh, quarterfinal gig. Fino, I'm terrible. with you. I'm with you 100. percent yeah, I think it's either South Argentina. America. Yeah, exactly. We're splitting it up. We're cutting right in half on the table here. It's Fino and Austin over here. Faith and Yale's in their fantasy world over there. Yeah, fantasy. Clueless. Oh, my God. You guys are so clueless, you'd fall out of a boat and not hit water. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was brutal. That's how that, that, that's you know the way. a pistol today. Yeah. I'm upset. We talked about it you know, at the top upset. of the show. We said he was going to be fiery. I'm upset today. It's diva S. I got, yeah, very <laughs> diva S. I'm listening to all the people like, let's change the game. I go, no, we don't need to change the game. There's five billion people that love the game. Keep it there. So you pick Argentina going all the way. Yeah, I like Argentina. See, I was impressed with Belgium. You know, when Belgium played Argentina, they really contained Messi. It was impressive in my eyes. And I think if a team can do that with Argentina, contain Messi, then I think that the other team will obviously prevail. Do you think the Netherlands can do that? No, but I said if Germany, I think Germany will. Yeah, okay, we're talking about so well, I I'm talking about the semifinal. Okay. That that's what I was alluding to. Because realistically No, Argentina, like I said, it's gonna be Argentina and Germany. Oh, so you like Argentina to beat the Netherlands? Oh yeah. Okay. So there's there goes one of your so, teams. So we got Germany. <laughs> so one, one team has to go. Yeah. So we got Germany I know. I know. versus Argentina in the final. Argentina coming no, out. No, I top. like I like Brazil, Argentina. I think this is Team South America. I think Brazil gets it done. Brazil Without is not Neymar. Yeah, Brazil is not just Neymar. Neymar just came in this year. Mm-hmm. Six months but ago, still... people did. Six months ago, people didn't even know this guy existed. Brazil was still winning titles. Give me a break. Do you not see that free click by David Luiz? They have other players except okay, so Neymar. Ta- so who's winning the World Cup? Argentina. Okay. All Argentina. Right. I thought Colombia would I win. With it. Good news with Colombia. No one has died after this World Cup yet. That's the good news. That's good. That's the good news. We got a caller. We'll take it right now. We're on the pack right now. Who is calling? Luke Ferris. Hi. What's going on, Luke? Uh, you know, I'm a little depressed. Yeah, uh, right. The day after the game, it, it was kind of that feeling that you come back from summer camp. You're just kind of sad, like you haven't yeah. your friends in a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm feeling right now. But uh, I do agree with you on a lot of things. Um, as far as this U.S. team, there's been so much talk about is this the future? Has things changed? I saw an article today um, on Grantland. It actually was talking about Klinsman, mm-hmm. and it said this wasn't the revolution. This World Cup that Klinsman and people were talking about, but it was an evolution. So things have changed. So I think I think I'm just I'm excited about the World Cup in 2018. I'm excited about the Gold Cup. Um, is this going to revolutionize how people view the United States in soccer? I don't think internally it's not going to be leaps and bounds, but it's it's growing. It's pace by pace. You set a Pino, and hopefully by 2018, we'll make it to semifinal or something. But I don't know. Uh, I also agree with Argentina. I think they got it. Um, yeah, Brazil, I do too. They got nothing besides Neymar. So. Yep. I, you know, that's it. And Luke, thanks for the call as always. We appreciate the listen. And Luke brings a lot of good points to the table here. He really does. He brings a lot of good points to the table. And he mentioned, look, it's an evolution. It, you were living in this. But the United States is not thinking about 2018 right now. You know what they're thinking of? Luke mentioned it, 2015 CONCACAF Gold Cup. If they win that CONCACAF Gold Cup next summer, then they outright go to the Confederations Cup. If Costa Rica wins, now a rising CONCACAF team, they're now in a playoff with Costa Rica to get to that spot. 2016, Luke didn't even mention it. Copa America, United States got invited, 
United States is hosting the tournament. It is here in this country. People are looking. People are watching for this team, what they're going to do. And 2017, hopefully that CONCACAF, uh, I'm sorry, that, well, there is a Gold Cup, but the United States will not be participating in it because they will hopefully be in the Confederations Cup. So when it comes down to it, you can look at this, you can look at that, you can say whatever you want to say about the United States, say whatever you want to say about the game, Faith, but when it comes down to it, I think soccer is obviously here to stay, but it's making progress, and the world is taking notice that United States is not a slouch team anymore. They're not a slouch team. They're a great team. Definitely not, and I think in the last game, everybody saw that Howard and goal really was the last, was the key factor in having the U.S. go as far as they did. And I, you know, I wonder, will he be here in 2018? I hope so. But he talked about it's probably probably his last World Cup. Yeah, it's without a doubt Tim Howard's last World Cup because he's 35 years old. He'll be 39 by the end of the next World Cup. And let's be let, let me get something clear right now. Tim Howard will still be playing playing professional soccer in five years. He will be. United States has a former former goalkeeper playing in Tottenham, Brad Friedel. He played a couple Gold Cups. He's 43 years old. He is still playing professional soccer. That's what it comes down to. He is still playing professional soccer. And the United States is in great hands, Fade. Brad Guzan is their backup goalkeeper, and he plays for Austin Villa in the EPL and starts. The United States, fortunately, has a great goaltending situation. You know, and I wanted to ask you about um, Altidore. Do you think that because of his absence, you know, had he been there? Would he have helped? Would he have helped yeah. win that game? You think yeah, so? Yeah, the United States was – you could you could see it. They were – It was announced via Twitter. That was my question, though. What? That he was going to come back and play. No, you knew that was a smokescreen. Exactly. I've been saying it. I was telling Lynn Tarico over at the remotes at Jack Ebling that, Lynn, guess what? Josie is not playing at all. They can say what you want to say. And he said it. He had a grade two hamstring – not strain – tear. He's going to need serious rest. So he wasn't playing. And Faith, the fact that they didn't have an answer shows that Klinsman valued Josie Altidore a lot. And he was big on the game planning. They didn't have an answer. And I was surprised that they didn't throw Aaron Johansson up top. So something must have happened that Aaron Johansson wasn't their guy. And my question to you, because you always said, you know, what is Julian Green doing? Why is he even on this roster? And here he goes. You know, in the 107th minute of that last game, 19 years old, scoring. Yeah, I mean, of course, Julian Green makes me look like crap per usual. <laughs> I'm like, why is this guy even on the roster? He hasn't played a minute. He comes in, makes an immediate impact. One of the youngest players in U.S. history to score. If not, I think He's he might have been the youngest American uh, to appear yeah, in the World Cup. Yeah, and score. Yep. So sickening, sickening stats. And guess what? That's pretty. And he's going to be a big impact in 2018 and going forward. What I think is awesome about him playing in this World Cup is that he is getting this experience yeah. for next time. I don't care what anyone wants to say, Faith, as well. There was a backdoor deal in place to keep Julian Green on the roster to keep him with the United, with the Americans. Instead of going to play for the Germans and play for Germany, play for the Americans, you'll be on the World Cup roster to get experience. That's what it came down to. We'll take a quick break here on the pack. When we come back... We are going to talk a little Detroit Red Wings hockey, their free agency woes, and hey, is it the start of another Dead Wings era? I know Austin will have a lot to say about that. We'll debate here on The Pact. Keep it here on 88.9 FM. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Exposure. 
Smoking helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want MySmokeFreeApartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that smoking. Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. MySmokeFreeApartment.org. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Wednesday nights from 8 until midnight, it's the Impact's Accidental Blues, your source for great blues music, news, and concert information. Only on Impact Primetime. Hola, my name is Esperanza. After a tragic incident, I was forced from a life of riches in Mexico to a life of poverty in the United States. My mother has become ill and we have become separated from our family. Now I must work for both of us to try to bring the rest of our family together. My name is Esperanza and I am trying to survive. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Esperanza Rising by Pam Muñoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Now back to Impact Exposure. That is right. We are back on the pack. Your host, Fino, alongside taking you all the way to the top of the hour with Austin Faith and John Yales behind the glass. We are embracing the Spartan debate here in the basement of Holden Hall, as we always do here at WDBM. And we move forward after two great segments, one about our maybe Fino's rant about the MLB All-Star selections and the way the MLB operates to our second segment, which is the World Cup in the United States going forward. We bring in our third and final segment, taking us all the way to, again, the top of the hour, talking about the Detroit Red Wings and what they have done in free agency. And I'll tell you what they've done in free agency, guys. Let's listen to the clip. Exactly. They haven't done nothing. <laughs> I was waiting for yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> they've done absolutely nothing, Austin. And let me ask you. Are you concerned? Because guess what? I am. No, I'm not concerned. Oh, wow. Of course. I, I mean, I'm not. I, you have to understand that the Detroit Red Wings have one of the best teams in hockey. They will always have one of the best teams in hockey. Yes, they were one ad- once addressed as the Dead Wings, but that Dead Wings era is over. And 23 consecutive playoff appearances. Last year, Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg played together in 29 games. That's it. So let's keep in mind, after an injury-ridden season, after a season of pure tragedy all around the depth chart, with youngsters coming up on defense and on the forward end, in a prospect goaltender, in a great great draft series of draft picks in the 2014 draft, mm. I can take a rough free agency. Yes, they did get rejected by every single team. They wanted Boyle, Niskanen, Strawman, and they wanted, you know, They wanted everybody under the sun to try to help them out, but they couldn't get them. Nobody wanted to come to Detroit. But guess what? Three years down the road, I promise you that this team will still have this consecutive playoff appearance. I agree completely with you, Austin. Because if you're looking at it, going back to your first point, Zetterberg and Dadzuk only played 29 games together. You know, the other times they were either one was injured, the opposite, exactly. But if you're looking at other key players for the Red Wings, you got Stephen Weiss, only... Missed He missed, not only, he missed 56 games out of an 82-game season. You know, and he was instrumental when he was out on the ice. Also, Darren Helm missed 40 games. That's half the season. Franzen was limited to 54 games. But if you think about it, when these guys are healthy next year, 
We made it to playoffs even when they were playing, you know, missing half the season. Look, the, the fact that we're talking about injuries and real. Look, That's the, what they were plagued with this year. Fine, fine. But they had, did they not have holes that they needed to address in free agency? They had Defenseman? holes. They had holes they needed to address, no and they could not address them. The team tried, and that's what everybody is mistaken. That, no I, I, hold to on a second. I know. I understand that, and it's really irking me because I hate the fact that every single fan thinks that the Red Wings just didn't go after people. Oh, they did. It wasn't like that. But Detroit is about results, and the fact is it's about the Detroit Red Wings, and we're sitting here talking about Dan Boyle, who's really a, just a not a big deal defenseman that played for San Jose, I don't think he's anywhere in the in the league of Niskanen. I don't even think Niskanen deserved forty million dollars, but fine. But the fact is, no one wants to come to the most prestigious hockey franchises. Seriously, you you said the Red Wings aren't producing results. Twenty three consecutive playoff appearances, big deal. I, here's my thing: I think the Red Wings personally are they are a mediocre playoff team. They get to the playoffs every time, but they're not making it to the Stanley Cup. Yep, and I know there's one guy who is the voice of reason. He was a former producer here on the Pact. He's on the line. Lou. Hey, that's right. So we'll welcome Lou to the show. Let's see what he's got to Lou, say. Lou, good to have you back here on the show. What's going on, pal? Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Yeah. What do you got for us? You know what? So, you know, I'm siding with you. And yeah, I, I want to you. cite a specific reason that both Faith and Austin keep bringing up. It's because at this point, everyone's been – become satisfied with this 23 consecutive playoff. Everyone's going to hang their hat on that. It's like, yeah, let's... at some point, you got to take the next step, and that involves risk. But I, I don't think they want to risk a playoff spot. Let me ask you this. They, so they don't want to risk a playoff spot. If, this, if the season starts tomorrow, is, the, is Detroit a playoff team? Yeah. Yeah, because the East is but terrible. my point is, everyone's caught up on that playoff streak. I agree. It's no big deal to me. I don't care. And, and it's just, and everyone's just become, I mean, satisfied with being mediocre. I mean, and I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true. It's, I mean, I'm just smiling. <laughs> you should see me. I wish you were here in studio, Lou. You could just see me gloating because realistically, Detroit is just satisfied. And they cannot, Detroit Red Wing fans cannot grasp their head and their arms or whatever you want to say around the fact that. People, free agents, did not want to come to Detroit. Can you believe it? And that's what I we're talking. And that's what we're talking about, Lou. And yeah. I don't know. Everyone's sitting here and they're very satisfied with twenty-three play- straight playoff appearances, Faith. But guess what? They didn't address any needs. See, I don't understand why you need to take a risky, you know, make a risky choice by trading somebody or giving up a pick. They need to do something, though. And I think. My number one move would be try to move Franz, and it's going to be difficult because no one's going to take that. No one's going to take that contract, Lou. But I mean, I think a desperate team in need of some uh, money on their salary, a team like the Islanders or something, you know, they sign these yeah. greedy contracts. Let's. Uh, I think it could happen. I don't y- know. Johan Franzen is under contract until the 2019-2020 season, under contract for six more seasons at $3.9 million cap hit a season. No one's taking that contract, and to me, that's the story. It. They With overpaid some for some of those deals that we saw, though. I mean, honestly, that's not as crazy. I mean, this is a different position, but Brooks Orpik signs in Washington for over $5 million for five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a bargain. Stephen Weiss has done nothing. He gets four point nine million a year, and he signed all the way to two thousand eighteen. No, my point on Orpic was that it's you overpaid for really overpaying. Yeah. Oh, Lou, look what New Jersey did. They paid five million dollars for Mike Camilleri for five seasons. Waste. He's not worth five that. Too long, but I mean, a couple years. 
Yeah, that's my point. When you're yeah. desperate, you have a need. Devils sign Ryan Klo. They're giving him four point eight million. The guy can't even stand the can't even get on the bench. He's a concussion. Absolutely. And I think Detroit now they have some options, and there are still guys out there. They're not who you go after right up the front, but I mean there are guys out there. And I think right now a guy like Lee Stempniak up front, I think he would help. And he's a good twenty-five goal scorer. Could play on the first line. Can play on the fourth line. Very versatile guy. I think they should probably go after him. Yeah, I mean, let me ask you this, Lou. If you're yeah. okay, if you're Kenny Holland, what are you doing? What are you doing to this team to make it better? You said to take risk. What's one risk you would take? You know, I would consider parting with a young guy. And I'm not, I don't know which one. I would have to sit down and I would have to talk to Babcock. But I mean, at some point, somebody's got to do something like that. What young guy would you part with? I mean, I'm talking either Yurko, Tatar, somebody else. Not yet. And I'm not, I wouldn't be doing this this year. Mm-hmm. I would wait until next year. Okay. It is true. You do have to, you can't just immediately jump out. That's not what I'm saying. But at some point, somebody's got to think about these possibilities. I think to me, and we'll get yeah, okay. Goodman, you go. Because I, I've said my stake. Here's my situation. You know what? I like the fact that you bring up the trade options. They do have some pretty good trade options. The Red Wings are breeding a new kind of era for the Red Wings. I would say, both on the ice and off the ice. It's a younger atmosphere within the locker room. It's a younger. You know, everyone is younger on the Red Wings nowadays, except for players like Johan Franzen, Zetterberg, Pavel, you know, the whole nine yards. If you're going off and trading a player like Thomas Tatar, Gustav Nyquist, Thomas Yurko, or even a potential Anthony Mantha, who could be one of the most electrifying goal scorers in the NHL in the next couple of years, I don't think that's worth it. And I don't think at any point that will be worth it. I think that Nyquist, Tatar, and Yurko, and then an, you know, an additional Mantha as well, will be sufficient enough for the Red Wings to continue with what they're going for. Trust me, people like, is, people like Pavel Datsuk want to win a Stanley Cup. Absolutely. But my point is, we have the guys on the top end of the age range and on the bottom end of the age range, and there's no one in the middle. And you can't. You need. Well, you have people. your abdicators. You've got your Millers, and you know players Drew of that Miller, sort. I, Drew Miller. I mean, he's a decent player, but he's a fourth line guy in reality. But you need a fourth line grinding we, line. You knew that. You know, with your Boston enough. Bruins. And on that point, on the point that they're not grinding enough. I and this is going to be a Bruins bias, Thomas. I think they should have picked up a guy like Sean Thornton. They let two two go. Thornton's a guy who can actually play, and point. he's intimidating. And Detroit. Time and again hasn't gone down that path, and I've been sick about it. No, but I, I mean, I, I think it would have been a sound move to kind of bring the team together, bring the locker room together. You know, personally, I don't think that that would have you know been any sort of an advantage for the Red Wings because Mike Babcock is known to not use those type of players. That's why Tutu didn't work out in Detroit. That's why they used the buyout on him. What I'm saying here, Lou, and I'm curious because the Wings are now are sitting at 9.5 million left. Go figure you're most likely going to re-sign Danny Alperson for somewhere of $4 million a year. So you're probably going to sit at $5 million. Detroit honestly cannot go in to the, this season with $5 million to play with. Okay, so free agent options. Can we up. look at a player like Michael Delzato? Maybe. 24 mm-hmm. years old? I don't think we need another young guy who struggles in his own zone on the back end. We have enough of point. those. But would I, you I rather would... have Michael Delzato or Jakob Kindle? That's my point. I would, if they signed Delzato, they'd have both, and I don't want either. Well, Jakob Kendall would end up getting shot down to the age. Lou, what is your point? Because I'm curious to know. I I see. I don't know because actually, I'm going to bring up a guy who 
because he's so great in his own zone. But I think a guy like Joe Corvo, he's Mm. a decent defenseman, can score goals. He's a veteran presence on the blue line. I think he would be worth throwing maybe one or two million at. Yeah, I mean that 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 is a very good point. That is a very good point. Joe Corvo would be the thing with Detroit. They're just so unpredictable because they've struck out. It's like they don't have a fallback plan. They don't have a plan B. They've had yeah. they, they they've done what they had to do. That's where you're wrong, though. I don't think there is a plan, a plan B. There's I, absolutely where a plan. is it? Where it's, is it's in the next wave of players that are right coming now, up from the right AHL. Now, what is plan B? They that is one. right now. That is right now. Those are players that were drafted in 2010, 2011. You mentioned goal scorers. You have not mentioned anyone defensively. Ryan Spora, Alexei Marchenko. Okay, you didn't mention that yet. Now you mentioned <laughs> Xavier Olet. These guys are still too young. Fino's yeah. right. Where is the now attitude? There is. I mean, no- I, I realize that at some point you have to look at the development when you have players like this because they're tremendous talents coming up but you also need to have a consistent effort and coming in just making the playoffs every year just shouldn't be good enough for Detroit you know said it earlier in the year and I disagreed with him now I'm kind of starting to have that attitude here's the thing Lou I believe that this team is built for the long term it's not short term they're not going to make any knee-jerk reactions they're going to go for long term and they have all these young guys Tatar, Jericho, DeKaiser these guys are getting these, this experience because a lot of the older veteran guys were injured and they performed and they produced. So now we can know we can rely on them and we still made it to the second round of playoffs. When our regular guys are healthy and our younger guys have this incredible experience, I see the Red Wings going much farther in the playoffs. I, I, I don't. The thing is, I think barring, you know, everyone getting injured again, I think they Which will. Which will be another yeah, excuse. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, another excuse. excuse. At round one. But at this point, I still don't see him beating all these other teams no in the way. West, and I don't see him getting a pass ball. Detroit has never or had Montreal right now, even. No way, and I agree with you. The thing is, Detroit lacks in a very old, just a gritty defensive player. They've never really had that of late. And you know what? Chris Chelios is a guy that I loved, a very older guy, savvy blue mm-hmm. liner that was there and that commanded these long, young guys. And, Goodman, you came on the pact and you've said multiple times that the Wings look anemic defensively. Here it is. If Cronwell, if Cronwell plays, he's the one guy that I like. Cronwell, to me, is the only good defenseman Detroit has. Other not than even that, Danny DeKaiser? Uh, but Danny DeKaiser is a restricted free agent. He's not even under contract. So Danny DeKaiser technically isn't even part of this team right now. Correct, but he is going to be under contract. Yeah, I, I think so. They're going to give. They're going to tend to him a sheet. But the point is, yes, I think the Kaiser's fine. But you, you got a lack of savvy veteran presence. A lot of these other teams have it, do it, and it works. They've struck out on Niskanen. They've struck out on Danny Boyle, and they're not. They don't. I mean, that's just, the result. They had to sign Quincy because the, none of the five defensemen they could, you know, they could get him. And I, I would argue Detroit wanted no part of Kyle Quincy. They didn't want him. No, they, they absolutely didn't want him. It was the last resort. They came out before free agency said he's not an option and we're not going to look at him. And then they came back at 7 o'clock on the day of free agency and said, hey, we're going to sign him because we couldn't get anybody else. It, 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 it's it's just like, hey, I don't want you, but now that no one's gone, we want you. But Lou, yeah, before, if, that's, if that's not a sign of no plan B, I don't know what is. No, yeah, that's, that's my exact point. Everyone's like, oh, we're making the playoffs. I go – who cares? It's Detroit. If you don't make the playoffs, it's a failure. It's about going far in the playoffs. Look what LA's doing. I hate LA, but they're doing it right over there. They even get their Twitters right. Everything that LA does is right. And they're and they're doing it the right way. This is all I'm saying, guys. And I want you to take this into strong consideration. The development program in the AHL for the Red Wings, for the Grand Rapids Griffins, is impeccable. Yeah, it's Jeff great. Le- 
Jeff Blashill just signed his three-year extension to be the head coach of the team. He was there for the first wave, and he's now there for the second wave. You said I didn't spot out any names. Xavier Olette. Ryan yes. Spoil, How many Alex of those guys are on the Red Wings? No one cares unless you're on the Red Wings. That's the thing. There no. are, all of them have played at least one game with the Red Wings. Yeah, and but, you have to understand that those were the same players the year before in the shoes of Tatar and Yurko and Nyquist and Mantha and all of those players that we idolize so much now. Take that into consideration. The Red Wings do have a plan B, and it's Anthony this next— hasn't play, Anthony Mantha hasn't played a game, though. That's... And I, I realize a lot of these guys have played at least one game, but that's about it, at one game. And well, Anthony Mantha was also drafted in 2013. He's a two-time 50-goal scorer on the juniors. But that, we, we're talking juniors. about juniors? Are we talking about juniors? Is this serious? We're talking about the juniors? Th- these guys are not going to make an impact next year on the Detroit Red Wings. Anthony Mantha will absolutely make an impact next oh, year. So Anthony Mantha will score 20 goals in the Detroit Red Wings. Yes. Absolutely not. Not next year. No way. I think way. so. Absolutely. No way. He is a completely is, different talent. This is what we're talking about? He's a completely about? different talent. Seriously? Absolutely. No way. Absolutely. Lou, this is why we miss you in studio. You're the voice of reason. Lou's usually oh, on my side. agrees with you Hold on. Once. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For one time with the hockey debate. Most of the time, Lou and I are right. <laughs> and you know what? I'm still going to be on that right bandwagon. I'm going to tell you right now that the Red Wings are going to make their 24th consecutive yeah. playoff appearance the and they're going to go far in the playoffs. Will they win, because, the, will they win the Stanley Cup next year? Can you tell if a team is going to win the Stanley Cup in July? No, but Do you, I, Can you tell who's going to win the World Series right now? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Hey. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still with Fino more than anybody yeah. here. and That's right. It's because there is there is a question. In three years, I think Austin's right. I mean, I really do think a lot of these guys are tremendous talents. In three years, Mantha will be at the top of the league in goals. Yeah, at least it looks that way now. But next year, Detroit hasn't been known to rush players through development. He hasn't played an NHL game yet. They're not throwing him in there for 82 games. Yeah. And if he's going to score 20 goals, he's got to play 82 games. I don't see it any other way. Yep, yep. So let's all head up to Traverse right now. Let's go no, I'm not, to the Red Wings I'm, development program, no, and let's there. check out exactly what we have coming up for no, us. I don't. Be- point, as fans, though, these that- are development camps. These aren't Red Wings camps. Let's check out the Detroit Red Wings camp next year, then see what we're talking about. Exactly. And I think they're going to be a good team. That's I- not my point. But my point is still that they're not going to be able to beat the top of the Eastern Conference. Lou, so spot on. Unfortunately, John's telling me to wrap this up, but Lou, always spot on hockey debate as you always are. <laughs> but hey, I'll tell you this. Lou, thanks for calling as always, and we appreciate Absolutely, you listening. Guys. Good hey, to talk to you again. Yep, Lou, it's always good to have you back on the show. That's Lou DeVizio, former producer of here, of the pack on WDBM, but pretty insightful hockey debate. And look, Dave, I just get a text from David the Fever, and he's another hockey guru, and I have to give him a shout-out. He said, Anthony Mantha won't be on the Red Wings this year, and I 100% agree. And that's all I'm saying is I'm not, not once did I ever say out of my mouth that Anthony Mantha is bad. I never said that. All I'm saying is I don't want to. I hate talking about prospects. Once they get to the Red Wings and once they come here, I hear all the crap with the Devils. Oh, this guy's going to be the next big thing until he performs on your team or on Detroit or whoever team you root for. That's when you back him up. I'm just putting this out there. Never compare the Devils to my Red Wings. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no. The, 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 okay, that's ignorant because I'm not even talking about the Devils. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the fact that, look, when it comes down to it, that's the team I root for. I don't care about the prospects. You for Detroit, you care about their prospects. I don't care about the Devils' prospects. I care about what is on the ice, and that's what's on the ice. 
And to me, I don't care about the guys that are not on the ice. It's the guys that are on New Jersey's ice, not development camps. So you can get off the high horse of the Red Wings and say, oh, 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 everyone's Red Wings. Everyone supports everyone's team here. And all I'm saying is that's the difference. And I'm just saying that the difference for the Red Wings next season is the fact that this second wave is coming up. The fact that they already have a solid team without being injury-ridden. I'm sorry, if you know. I just can't agree with you here. It's it's totally all fine. It's That's why we embrace the Spartan debate, Goodman. But as always, we are embracing the Spartan debate. Special thanks to Ludovizio and Luke Ferris for calling in and debating with us as we embrace the Spartan debate. For myself, Faith, thanks. and John Yales and Tyler Beck, who is behind the glass tweeting, Oh, and Austin Goodman. Did I not say Austin? What? Well, Austin, you're here. But yeah, and Austin Goodman. Uh, for everyone on the pack. I'm excited for my Benny Hanna. That's Let's right. Let's go. Signing Get in the off car. Once again, here on WDBM. For everyone here, including Austin, Fino signing off. We'll see you next Monday.